Hey, welcome back to This Podcast Isn't Working. I'm Heidi. I'm the host here. Uh, It's really nice to have you listening today. Uh, I'm an Aussie mum in my 30s and I talk all about creativity, parenthood and mental health uh, every Sunday-ish. And yeah, this isn't my job as the title uh, explains. Uh, This is just a hobby and It's all about me not taking myself too seriously while I share my heart and my mind with you uh, once a week. So thank you for joining me this week. I wanted to talk ironically today because I'm feeling a little bit anxious. uh, I wanted to talk about anxiety. Now, I think that uh, everybody is talking a lot more about anxiety and it's great. I think as someone who experiences quite chronic anxiety and have done since I was quite small, uh, you know, I think it's great. It makes me feel a little more normal. And I am, but I am aware that these days, uh, you know, a lot more people are seeking help for anxiety, seeing psychologists and health professionals about it. And it occurred to me that there's probably a lot of people or they're Sorry, there are probably a lot of people who uh, think that anxiety is not normal, so that it's something that you need to go to, you know, a therapist for. Therefore, you know, people who are seeing a therapist for anxiety are unwell and people who are not seeing a therapist are well, in inverted commas. So, you know, people who have anxiety need help and people who do not have anxiety don't need help. Now, um, I'm here to tell you that every single human being experiences anxiety. So it's just a normal part of your body protecting itself from danger, essentially. Uh, And, you know, this may be a very obvious topic to cover and maybe every single person listening is like, yeah, duh, I know that. Uh, But, you know, why not just do an episode on it? Because I felt like, I don't know, I was just thinking... I'm sure there's probably people who experience anxiety, even if it's out of nowhere. So maybe, you know, you, you typically do not feel very anxious. You're not a very anxious person, but then out of nowhere, you've had an an anxiety attack or, you know, like something very chronic like that, not chronic, but something very significant has happened where you've experienced a high level of anxiety and it's been really freaky and like, you know, and you felt like there's something wrong with you or the fact that maybe you're somebody who, like me, experiences generalized anxiety on a daily basis and you might feel like, God, that's not normal either. Uh, And the fact that, you know, even if you're seeking help and going to therapy, maybe you don't feel very normal having to go to therapy. But the thing is that, I am here to tell you, yeah, anxiety is very normal and it's kind of amazing, actually. Uh, Like, yes, it's a pain in the proverbial and I'm here to tell you it's not a very nice experience when it is activated all the time. But uh, if you look at where anxiety comes from, it's really very fascinating. And, you know, in uh, generally speaking, I am very grateful that I experience anxiety and I think you should be too. Uh, I do think obviously if it's to a level that is, uh, really making life tricky, then yes, we need to go and get help 
for that. And it's not about getting rid of anxiety because sadly, again, I'm here to break some more news to you. Uh, Anxiety does not go away. You cannot get rid of it. Uh, Really going to therapy for me is about learning to live with anxiety. So just figuring out how to coexist with this thing called anxiety, uh, just like any other experience uh, that we have within our body and mind. Now, anxiety, I just wanted to explain again, I'm not trying to come across as condescending or explain something that, you know, you may already know and make you feel a little silly. I'm just here to um, put it out there how this works. So if you don't know, maybe this is interesting. Uh, And if you do know, that's awesome. That's really cool. So and again, yeah, I'm not uh, an expert, so I might get some of this a little bit wrong. But generally speaking, I can give you the broad idea now. Uh, you, most people know we have a nervous system. I personally learned about that from happy, healthy Harold, healthy Harold. Uh, yes. Anyway, in school, if you grew up in Australia in like the eighties and nineties, you, well, even now, apparently he's still going guys, but healthy Harold, I think is his name. The puppet that teaches you all about your body. He taught me that there is this thing called the nervous system, just like all the other different systems within the body. Uh, but this one is really cool because Part of the nervous system is the brain. So it's kind of like the king of the systems in the body. Am I right? Uh, Because the brain is pretty much the most incredible thing in the world. Uh, So fascinating. So amazing. Uh, I wish I was smart enough and uh, applied myself enough that I could be a, you know, I don't know, a neuroscientist or something. So fascinating. So there's this nervous system that we have and it is incredible because it's basically wired to defend ourselves from danger like to protect us Uh, so a very simple example of that is if you touch something hot your nerves which are connected to your brain essentially fire information all the way back up to the uh you know the engine room the brain and say holy crap that is hot move your hand and the brain quickly tells all the muscles to like contract and the bone, everything to move and the, you know, quickly pull your hand away. And so crisis averted. Am I right? So uh, <laughs> once bitten, twice shy, that's that's the brain doing its job. Uh, and it's amazing. So this nervous system and how it works. Now, a less literal example is the uh, nervous system includes, I think the eyes. Wait, is that part of it? Anyway, the eyes are obviously like looking around, they're seeing stuff and whatever, and your ears are hearing things and, you you know, uh, and your brain takes that information and makes sure to check if it's dangerous. I think it's like this fear, um, like fear and danger kind of system, like this protective system. It's like one of the most uh, important parts of our brain function and the way that we work right because uh if we're not safe well you know nothing else is really there's no real point to it right and it's amazing how the mind works with all of this stuff um now there's this part of the brain and it's still i think being debated what is included in this part of the brain but this uh system within the brain called the limbic system and it's essentially like this hub that controls kind of things like emotion and memory and like all these really intrinsic like important uh parts of our processing in our brain um and it's amazing because 
it's drawing on all these different uh, aspects to our you know experience of life and interpreting helping interpret it so that we can respond as a body to yeah to like the fight or flight response for example it has been created by the limbic system uh, so there's this uh, one particular part of the limbic system uh, is called the um, amygdala. So it's like this little piece. There's actually two of them, I think, because that whole part of the brain, I think a lot of the brain is mirrored, right? So there's like a left and a right of everything. But the amygdala is this little, these little parts that um, are kind of in control of like our anxious responses. So these kind of like fear-based um, responses to danger and the amygdala is the part of the body that basically sets off the fight or flight f- fight or flight response so um the brain is really cool it makes predictions all the time or it always predicting what is about to happen and that's how it keeps us alive um, so it's like putting together information oh the grass waved like and moved something rustled i heard it um, I could see something above, the, you know, uh, it's, I've got a f- yucky feeling in the pit of my stomach. Oh my God, there's a lion, right? Cause our brain is like taking in all the information and then it's, it's processing, it's sifting, it's like sorting. And then it's like, oh my gosh, oh, all that equals a lion, um, based on previous experience. Because last time I saw a lion, you know, the, the grass moved and, and, you know, I got that yucky feeling in the pit of my stomach and stuff like that. Um, the brain is really cool. It's using all this information that we have and these associations, uh, between memories and emotions. So like the amygdala, it's like very emotion, it's emotion based. And then the hippocampus, which is another part in the limbic system, it holds memories. And so the limbic system is always talking to itself, all the different little pieces. And so a memory might be held by the hippocampus and, you know, um, stored away, but the amygdala is adding emotion to that. So not only do we look at, uh, say the lion situation and recognize it as, Oh, I remember this, you know, I know what this is. Um, but we also have meaning to that. So the emotional attachment to that is basically fear, fright, anxiety, run, like everybody freak out. Um, and it's really special. It's really unique because it means that we can add meaning to what we are experiencing, uh, which in turn helps us to be smart about what's happening and know what to do, I guess is the end point there. So we're not just walking around hearing, seeing, feeling, we're interpreting, we're predicting, we're, um, we're finding meaning in all of those senses and all of that information. And basically it's informing us on what to do about those things. So if I see a pencil on a table, I'm not going to do much about it because the way my brain works is it's straight away looks at it, you know, it recognizes what it is. It uh, sifts through the information it has on the pencil, the desk, the whole shebang. And it checks, you know, with the amygdala, are we afraid of this? Like, what's the deal? And it's like, nah, man, it's cool. Um, So we're chilled. Uh, But if it sees something that it recognizes as being, yeah, something connected to a fear response, then that's different. Now, you can imagine that somebody in a situation where they have PTSD or suffer from, say, like chronic stress related to, I don't know, work or um, really intense family situation or whatever it is, 
essentially what that's doing is you can imagine how many times the amygdala has had to do its job, right? And it becomes kind of buff. It's like flexing a muscle and it's like it can become overactive. And I think sometimes I, I'm not, of course, an expert, but I would imagine that sometimes people are just born with a pretty buff amygdala. I don't know. <laughs> it could happen. I'm imagining Uh, And for other reasons as well, where memories are associated with certain emotions, for example, if you have um, seen, you know, growing up, if you saw people yelling led to violent acts or something like that, your memory uh, of um, like uh, anger uh, expressed through yelling is connected very intrinsically with a very serious fear. And it's not the kind of fear or like, Uh, concern that is low on the scale it's like the kind of fear that the amygdala is like firing on like an eight out of ten instead of like maybe a one out of ten um you know and there's different levels of response because our brain is so nuanced it's so incredible at doing this uh but you can yeah you can see that if it is overactive then we're having we are having more of that uh, anxious and fearful response to things then we probably should because we don't need to. Um, And really that's when a lot of people, you know, need a little bit of help from either therapy or medication and things like that, because essentially, um, so, I mean, medication is interesting because it is changing the chemical balance in the brain. And if you didn't know, uh, the way that the limbic system works is when the amygdala freaks out, it actually overrides your normal thinking and like kind of puts itself in the little driver's seat and tells the body make more adrenaline right now and probably other things i don't know all the nuance of like the chemical situation going on but essentially the amygdala when it's in the driver's seat dials up the adrenaline and adrenaline is really amazing because it essentially primes the body to run or respond in a quick manner. So it basically dials back your normal thinking so that you uh, can respond very fast without thinking too much about it. It dials up your heart rate. So more blood is getting pumped to your extremities. It's like everything that needs to be power powered up and ready to go and primed is done. Like, you know, all your muscles are full of blood and oxygen ready to um, work their hardest. And, uh, you know, all your nerves are tingling. Everything is ready. And, uh, you know, your your breathing increases. You, you know, you're sucking in more oxygen, which is then oxygenating your blood more. Um, and uh, I think even like, you know, your pupils dilate. So your peripheral vision lowers so that you can just focus on what you need to see and get the hell out of there. Uh, it's so amazing what... Uh, just that small chemical change does and the way that all the neurons are firing together and talking with each other or, you know, turning the volume down on each other, essentially, because the amygdala sounds like it, it kind of, from my like very basic understanding, is it kind of mutes a few things as well, it kind of dials down a few like parts of your processing uh, to kind of bring forward the things that you need most in that moment and get rid of the things that you don't need. For example, I think your digestive system just slows right down in these times of um, fear response. Uh, and it's so amazing how that happens, right? It's just that chemical change, that shift, that slight shift 
um, it just changes everything. And you can imagine that if that is happening too much and, you know, if the amygdala is getting a little bit too trigger happy, then that is that is a chemical imbalance because um, as, as good as your body is doing it, trying to keep you safe, it's going a little bit overboard. And uh, what a lot of people don't talk about is, yes, there is a fight or flight response. Um, and people talk a lot about the um, the fight aspect of it, I suppose. But um, what I don't see people talk about a lot is the the kind of after the almost like the um, the I guess flight. Is that what that is for? I'm not sure. But essentially there is an aftermath of this fight or flight response. So yes, you are primed, you are ready. And maybe, you know, if there is a literal line, you've run, you've run away and like it's all over. Then what happens, you know, is exhaustion, collapse. Uh, You know, everything is tipped back the front. So, um, you know, chemically, there would be a huge shift, I suppose, in how things are going because you can't sustain. I don't think the way the body works is that you would sustain that level of adrenaline permanently. Uh, although I would imagine you probably have higher levels than you need to if you have a very overactive buff amygdala. Um, you know, you don't, you can't stay in that heightened sense of fight or flight for too long. Uh, so there is this you know, after effect, I think that can happen and it's, uh, equally as significant and quite difficult, I think. And anyone who's ever had an anxiety attack or has suffered from chronic anxiety, um, can tell you that it's incredibly exhausting. Uh, but also by the same token, if you are someone who's only ever been in danger a couple of times and your body has done a kick-ass job at, you know, um, making this fight or flight response happen for you, then afterwards you need to have a lay down kind of thing, you know, but I'm saying all of this, uh, random kind of pseudo scientific information, cause obviously take it with a grain of salt. I'm just your average lay person. But I'm explaining all of this because how amazing are our bodies to be able to generate anxious feelings because anxiety is almost like, you know, there's, there is fear and fear is almost like this very basic primal experience. And then anxiety is almost like a little smarter, right? Because it's like the lead up to responding. It's, it's like the priming, uh, and the readiness, you know, to actually respond. It's almost like, okay, thanks fear. We'll take it from here. Uh, I'm now experiencing anxiety. You know, my heart is racing. My palms are sweaty. Like I'm, I'm feeling uptight. I'm ready. I'm ready, you know? Uh, And then, you know, I'll take it from here. And then you respond. I think obviously, well, the reality is that um, in today's world, you know, our, our threats are not so literal. They're very much often more like symbolic or <laughs> unseen uh, and and heart, like more intangible, I suppose. And yes, there are real threats, uh, but there's a lot of other things that can trigger this in us, this response. And yeah, I mean, it's amazing, but oftentimes it's just a little over the top, I suppose. Uh, and figuring out how to live with that and how to try to think differently. I'm sure that we can, you know, there's improvements we can make by going to therapy and learning more about 
you know, how to inform our brain differently, I suppose, and try and construct new connections between memory and emotion. So, you know, really working hard to, I guess, build like emotional intelligence, like uh, flex all those muscles and teach our our limbic system to work in a little bit more of a helpful way, I think is possible. But anxiety itself will never disappear. It is always part of who we are because we totally need it. So I find that fascinating. Uh, You know, if you're someone who feels like there's something wrong with you and it's not normal to feel anxious, um, hey, like it is actually normal. And if we didn't feel like that sometimes, you know, we wouldn't be survivors. So uh, I hope you found that interesting. I've really enjoyed doing something a little bit different here. Again, uh, I hope I got most of that right. If uh, you're listening to this and you're an expert on all these kinds of fancy scientific thingamajigs, then uh, sorry if I got it a bit wrong, but you can get the gist of what I'm saying. Uh, And in the show notes today, I'll link a couple of uh, like a TED talk and an article I read and a few other things that might help you to do a bit more research on Uh, anxiety and the limbic system and things like that Uh, and also I just wanted to throw in as a quick bonus at the end if you are interested in how the brain works and some of the incredible things that the brain does that are just so fascinating I would really recommend you read a book by Oliver Sacks it doesn't matter which one just look up Oliver Sacks I think he was a neuropsychologist or something like that Uh, one of those fancy words he's so fascinating uh, all the cases that he's dealt with through his career and it's um, really fascinating to read about those um, cool interesting quirky like mind-blowing situations with different clients and what their brains are capable of Uh, and also there is a great book called the brain uh, that changes itself or something along those lines. I'll link it in the show notes, but it's really incredible as well and talks about brain plasticity, uh, which is essentially, yeah, the brain can change, which is really exciting. And that's what I'm kind of getting at with emotional intelligence. I think there's room to improve, uh, which is really encouraging. Uh, It's just that we can't sadly get rid of, well, it's not sad, but like we can't get rid of anxiety, Uh, but we can learn to be smarter um, about it. So yeah, anyway, that was this week's episode. Thank you for joining me. Hopefully you learned something or, uh, yeah, had a nice time listening to my voice. Maybe I put you to sleep today and you're already sound asleep. I I don't really know. Uh, or maybe I just helped, uh, I don't know, a bus journey, um, feel a little shorter. So with that, I will leave you for this week, but, Take care of yourself this week and be kind to yourself as much as you can. And I will be back here next week to talk to you about something completely different. Uh, Until then, I'll see you later. Bye. That was good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that, like that.